All right. So let's see. Um, Kishore is asking the first question today. Kishore, Kishore Krishna, where are you? Hey, Gurumaj, pronounce. I'm uh, at my parents' house in Massachusetts. Give them my regards. I will. Um, my question is, I'm wondering what light we should see Subhadra in standing next to, uh, standing in between Baladeva and Jagannath? Well, um, complex, like many of them, theological figure within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but um, we um, should see her as She appeared to Kamsa and in terms of what she said uh, to him, which is related in the Bhagavatam and, <clears throat> excuse me, related again um, with, I would say, deeper Gaudi insight which is what you're after, by um, Rupa Goswami in his um, Lalita Madhava. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and therein she represents the internal uh, potency of Krishna, the manifestation of, of, uh, of Yoga Maya. <clears throat> She's the sister of Krishna, <clears throat> who is unknown in, in, in many respects, um, or, or, or who is known. Uh, uh, um, it's known, I should say, that Yashoda had a daughter, not known that she had a son as well, who therefore she's called Anuja. Um, who came out after um, um, birth on, came out after Krishna, <clears throat> but Yashoda is thought to have passed out with childbirth of her son, and then his, the daughter issued forth as well. And, <clears throat> and she was um, brought back to, to Mathura. Again, there she appeared before before Kamsa, and it appeared ostensibly, although it's not, but it means the whole picture that you um, that yeah. Devaki's eighth child was a daughter rather than a son, according to the prophecy. But then she spoke, right? And so she speaks there as we, if we follow um, in the Bhagavatam, she speaks um, in what appears to be the um, as what appears to be a manifestation of the material energy, speaking of the different forms of the goddess, Kali here, my name is Durga there, and so on and so forth. But, of course, all of these deities, Durga is, after all, according to the Tantra, another name for Radha. Um, and the internal potency and the external potency, they're, they're very similar, like heat and, heat and cold. And opposites in between Tatastas is more... Uh, confusing, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as I mentioned, in Lita Madhava, she is presented as the internal energy. She speaks, and uh, there's an, uh, I think, underlying um, what she's saying in the Bhagavatam is brought out by Rupa Goswami. So we see her as a manifestation of the internal potency. And later, she became married to Arjuna. That's another Leela. There's some uh, different, uh, I wrote an article about this one time. You might want to look on the Harmonist, probably there, um, with regard to some, a prominent other opinion. And I showed from the Bhagavatam <clears throat> um, later, I believe, in the ninth canto. Um, there was some question whether the Subhadra who married Arjuna was actually the same and so forth. Anyway, I demonstrated that it was. So you might want to look that up. But we look at her as a, as a manifestation of the internal 
go and see a, a, a particular manifestation of, of the Yoga Maya. Svadhanevi ki jaya. Okay. Thank you. Which section of Lalita Madhava would I look for? In the very beginning. Okay. Thanks. All right. The next question is from Krishna Chaitanya. Hare Krishna. Uh, my question is from uh, Sri Bhatia Loka, the Niyamagraha section. Um, there's a paragraph there where Bhatia Thakur is talking about sadhana bhakti, and he breaks it up into four steps, sadhana, nishta, ruchi, and asakti. And he's saying that these are four distinct steps and then says that sometimes someone might get too attached to the niyamas from a previous step. And if a person does so, then that could cause trouble going forward. Uh, I went back and read it and it seems like he answered my question in a sense with what he said after that, which was that... um he quoted that verse that you should always remember Krishna and never forget him and all the rules and regulations of the scriptures uh, follow that principle. And if one does not follow that principle, then while they're going step to step, then that'll cause trouble. But either way, I'm still wondering, uh, have you noticed or can you think of, are there specific things maybe that someone who's kind of in the stage of Nishta is holding on to? But when they're just an initial shadha, they cause trouble and or someone who's could be at the stage of Ruchi uh, is holding on to something and it's keeping him back or and so on. Or is this all just an individual thing and someone should just follow that principle of always remembering Krishna and never forgetting? Excuse me. Thank you for the question. I think that um, the answer to your question lies in a a poetic f- phrase, one typical of Pujapachita Marsh, wherein he explained that progress um, involves acceptance and elimination. So what we accept now um, may need to be eliminated later when it's seen as provisional, a provisional understanding, provisional practice, provisional understanding of a practice, what its implications are, and so forth. And um, it may be need, and that may need, need to be, <clears throat> excuse me, what helped us, a way of thinking about it, or a way of practicing, no longer does, and we, or we see through it, or we see to a, a deeper meaning of it, and that has to be um, rejected, and something new accepted so he kind of gives it what i would say is, is a kind of a dynamic answer to your question which again is progress involves acceptance and elimination and as i often say sadhana is is an art right so it's not just like here are there are 108 things you know count them on your fingers and you do them just like this and so forth. It, it, re, it requires some, uh, if you practice, you're going to think about what you practice, what's the implication, what's the meaning, hmm? what did it mean to me before, what does it mean now, um, as I progress, and so on and so forth. And that kind of introspection <clears throat> um, is central to the practice, which is interesting because often um Bhakti is depicted as just emotional without any introspection. Prabhupada is always fond of emphasizing that, um, that it was, um, you know, as much, if not more of an introspective path than, um, than Gyan. So you have to watch what you're doing. Um, analyze your practice. Um, see if, if it's working <laughs> and adjust it. You know, accordingly, where I where I live, who I associate with, uh, what that, that may have been good. Like, let's like take me for example. At one point, um, I thought Sarvadharman Purityajamamikam Sharanam. This this famous 
one of the concluding verses of the Gita meant to join ISKCON and never leave. Mm-hmm. Later, the meaning of the verse was just the opposite. Sarvalamar Pradyaja Mamekam, because Mamekam has come to me and he was over here now, <laughs> across the, the Ganga in Babadvi. Um, in the um, in the example in the person in the in the Siksha of Puja Patrita Marsh. So I marveled at the time to think the verse the same verse meant exactly the opposite in terms of how I would practically apply it at a different time. <clears throat> so I think that the it is individual and it is part of the dynamic of individuals um sadhana. You have to, um, you know, it's just like, um, um, you know anything about football? Probably not too much, but, you know, there's a, uh, I was looking at the news, there's a famous football player now who's, um, who's, um, um, in a, you know, kind of a relationship with a famous singer. I forget her name. Um, Hmm? Maybe you Taylor know. Swift. I'm thinking. Taylor Swift, maybe. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard her music, but she's famous, and he's the famous um, player. And um, and uh, and apparently, um, the way he plays the game, it could be studied. My analysis. From by devotees to understand the, <laughs> the difference between Vaidhi Bhakti and Raghunuga Bhakti. So they say that that he's a one of the guys who catches the ball, but um, he understands the mind of the guy that throws the ball in such a way that although the play has a certain route to it, it should go like this and should turn here and should be here at this time and so forth. He's spontaneous. He just happens to go the route, but then turn it into something else. And, and it is a magic between the two and they just connect. And he, and, 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 um, apparently he's, he's quite, um, you know, famous and good at it. And so, so he kind of plays like spontaneously, you know, he, he, he knows the rules. He doesn't avoid the rules, but he's, but he, he knows the, the, the implication. What is the, what is the point? The route says to go here and I'm over here, but I see at the same time that the, the thrower of the ball has been thrown off of his, you know, some whatever spot, you know, so then I'm over here and then they connect magically and so forth. And apparently it's a, it's a, um, it's a topic, you know, in, in the news because it comes out because of the relationship, which is two famous people. But, um, there's a spontaneity. Now, rag bhakti means spontaneous. Um, so I talk about it like that, but I'm also saying, you know, that sadhana has to become a little spontaneous. Mm-hmm. One has to know, you know, be able to tell one's own temperature. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a formula. The formula's there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it shouldn't be neglected and so forth, but, what it means and how to apply it and dynamically and so forth. This is all part of that acceptance and rejection, which Pujapatrita said amounts to what progress amounts to, or acceptance and elimination. I should say acceptance and elimination, same thing. And I think that's what uh, Bhakti Mutak was saying. Nimagraha means um, to uh, follow the rules without knowing the meaning behind them or the purpose behind them. You're, 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 I mean, in one sense, you have to understand there's a dynamic perspective. All the rules, all the things that we do, what, you know, they're, they have a purpose. The purpose is that, the, that your mind will become absorbed in, in Krishna. So you have to see how they're helping you do that. Um, and, uh, they're not just under themselves something. They have a, that, that's the, the net purpose. Of all of them, hmm? right? So people go through them because they're supposed to be done because it's a law. As if you know, I do this law, this will work, you know, and, and so forth. And, you know, it's only going to work as much as you become Krishna conscious from it, as it actually your, your mind becomes absorbed. And then when your mind is absorbed, 
then there, then there are no rules. Like Prabhupada was once asked um, about ecodesty. And is ecodesty, does it mean f- f- fasting? Um, or he was asking, I was on the walk with Prabhupada, and the question was something about the nature of ecodesty uh, and fasting. And Prabhupada said, ecodesty is feasting, not fasting. Mm-hmm. And on this day, we offer that much more to Krishna. His senses are, are in the aprakat lila. You know, they're more, uh, there's more uh, pressure from the transcendental fluids in his body on the senses, which make them more inclined to to enjoy and taste so we can offer more food. And it's, it's feasting for Krishna. And he was talking like this. Um, <clears throat> and... Um, and the sannyasi was, was, was again talking about it from a more of a rules-based thing. And then, and Prabhupada said, but for the preacher, he said, there are no rules. So he was talking about uh, uh, kind of a, a, a spontaneity, if you will. Then he said, but don't you, don't think that you're a preacher. So he went backwards, you know, and said, but, but so he was, he was, um, Another example is when the GBC of ISKCON, the Governing Body Commission, um, had a problem with me because I was traveling and preaching and and um, I didn't have any, like, Governing Body Commissioner who was, like, overseeing my activities. Um, how that happened, it's, it's all interesting, but I didn't think about it. And so they complained to Prabhupada that he doesn't have a GBC overseeing. And Prabhupada said he doesn't need a GBC. And it, you know, the GBC was the governing body commission was pretty important. They they oversaw everything, made sure everything was right. And Prabhupada said, "This guy doesn't need a GBC because he, you know, he GBC is kind of a managerial position, and the perfection of the management is to manage yourself out of the position because people are inspired. They're doing. They don't need to be told. They don't need to be organized. They they know it. And they, they spontaneously do it. You know." That's why I'm not a good organizer for people <laughs> from an institutional point of view. I expect everybody just to, you know, to, to you know, know it, do it, be, be inspired and, 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 you know, and, and so forth. But, um, proper in that instance, he's, he's so proper that he doesn't need a GBC. If people, if you could manage right, everybody would be like that and then they wouldn't, they wouldn't need to be managed. What, what, so, so uh, our sadhana should become like that, and that is um, re- requires the introspection that enables us to accept something at one point that may need to be rejected or eliminated at another point, or understanding of it maybe need to be eliminated. So niyamagra means you know you're following the rules kind of in a rote way; it's kind of dogmatic and so forth. And you know, let's give another example of that. There are people today who are 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 through and through Kanishtadikari devotees, neophyte devotees, born in Vaishnava families, Brahmin families, in the Dham, and um gurus of institutions, um uh, typically uh well anyway, and and they they're critical of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. They couldn't they couldn't understand how the rules could be bent, hmm? um, how, the, how they were provisional. Bhakti Vinod Thakur's term, Barabhagi, compared to Saragrahi. Hmm? Barabhagi means who, who have, carries the heavy burden of sectarian um, perspectives, uh, misconstrues details to be principles, hmm? and Bhakti Siddhanta didn't do it like this. Like, I was determined, you know, which they don't even understand when and how it was determined and by whom and so on and so forth, as if it's an eternal uh, principle. And so, therefore, he can't be, you know, he can't be bona fide. They can't, you have to learn to see. This is like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, another example. You know, um, what the Goswamis did was they determined here is the fullest form of ecstasy that's ever been seen in the religious landscape in, in, in human history, personified. Mm-hmm. 
So he must be God. And then they say, well, let's try to show it by the scripture. It's not like, is his name mentioned anywhere in the scripture? I don't see it. Not here. Therefore, I'm going to deny the result, the practical. There is, you know. They say, who, who, what is this Bhakti Siddhanta taking sannyas from a picture of Gorkashore? Where is that mentioned? In any Shastra that you could take a picture, give yourself sannyas from a picture you know, you can say whatever you want. You know, it is a little different. <laughs> but you can't deny that the character of the person, his renunciation is extraordinary. They, they, in all the criticisms, you don't ever hear any criticism of that, that he wasn't really renounced. Actually, he was running off with women in the secret or, or anything like that. His moral and spiritual character were extraordinary. So you, you have to take that and then everything else has to move around that. You have to adjust the thing. Huh. Well, okay, he did it like that, but I guess that must be bona must find a way to show that it's bona fide for those who think it needs to be shown. So we'll find some verse, some way to put it together and do the math and there. And the Goswami did this with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also. And someone may say, well, I don't, I don't agree that interpretation of that verse. Krishna Varnatisa, Krishna Mahaprabhu. Nobody translated it like that before to say it's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Well, we are. And if you don't and you want to say there's no verses and therefore he's not what? The embodiment of love of God, he is, obviously. Whoever he looks at becomes, you know, became, you know, blessed with, with Prem and Bob. So you have to have a dynamic, uh, you know, kind of perspective here. And, um, it's, 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 it's common, um, to lose a thread. We, we, we come in to a teaching like this, uh, converts at least, black hour, most of us, um, um, you know, very dynamically, very flexible and so forth. But then you can uh, kind of uh, become a bit uh, frozen by the rules and the regulations and and so forth and lose the dynamic um, and flex nature and flexibility that you entered in with that um, was really... uh, really exemplified your uh, eligibility you know, for, for spiritual life. Um, now, you need to be careful what I'm saying here. It's just, okay, Gumar said, you know, the rules, uh, you know, so I don't need this one, I don't need that one. Um, you know, that, that uh, not uh, encouraging that, but um, but um, flexibility and um, a dynamic approach to the sadhana is required. And that's why I call it kind of, it's a, it's an art. Um, it's not just a, um, something out of a book. It's, you have to take the book and you have to apply it. And then the dynamics start to develop and so forth. That's why later on somebody wrote another book about it, you know, based on the, the dynamic application of it and so forth. So, I mean, this is kind of my answer to your, to your question is what Bhakti Thakur is talking about. I hope that helps. Bhakti Thakur, Gijai. Ramaj, I had a quick follow-up question. Is it possible sometimes that it's good not to be dynamic? Because, like, I guess in terms of what you were saying, that if you start applying this dynamism too early, you're just going to, like, throw yourself in the ditch in a way. Because you well, don't know what's I would what. say it, it is dynamic in the beginning for the first 10 or 20 years to uh, to just follow. You start to become, I see this, dynamic too early and you go off the map. They see Guru Maharaj is dynamic. I'll be dynamic. I'll think about it differently. And they, they go off the map. They don't want to know. I was just reading a book recently about the Sanskrit poetics a fellow had done. And I could see that He's a younger fellow, and he's learned but he's, he's all kind of gone off the map. He doesn't quite. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's um, it's dynamic just to follow at a certain point, and and, and not think about it. Uh, like uh, in my own life, um, when I met Puja Parchitamar, she said that that um, Guru Maharaj said, Prabhupada Swami Maharaj 
put so many things inside of your heart, you didn't even know it. Slip them in there. And now they're coming to the surface in his absence. And now um, you have to think about all those things, what they meant, how to apply them, and so on and so forth. Or a period where you were just following, you're just doing, 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 doing. And he was there telling, telling. Now he's not there. Now I have to think about it. dynamically. You know, I had been involved for quite a few years by then. So, so yeah, that's a good point. So would you say that the defining factor is actually whether you're getting nourished and you feel like you're making progress or not? If you're just following, you're still getting that nourishment, then there's no problem. But right. then, okay, that makes sense. So then you start kind of calcifying at some point if you only try to follow. And then you got to start thinking about it or something like that. Well, I think when the opportunity presents itself, when, you know, circumstances present themselves, you have to, then you're, 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 you have to be uh, reflective. And like Pudja Patridamar said, you have to accept, and the guy can, you can, there's some tension comes. Hmm? And you have to eliminate and so forth. So it's something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, thank you for that. And then the next question is from Krishnadas. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Nice to see you. Mutual. <laughs> um, so I was reading um, chapter 34 of Jaiva Dharma recently, and um, I had a question about... Um, Wanted to get some clarification on his statement that Gopal Guru Goswami says to Vijay Kumar when he's kind of explaining the different types of Sakis. He says, um, the topmost Sakis joyfully consider themselves Radha's Nijajana, followers and recipients of her love, and simultaneously possess equal love for Srimati Radhika and Sri Krishna. They are the Priya Sakis and Param Prishta Sakis. So I was a bit confused by that because here he's kind of speaking about those um sakis who love Radha and Krishna equally um as kind of being topmost, but usually I hear um I guess more commonly that those who are more attracted to Radharani are kind of spoken of in a more exalted way. So I was wondering if you could clarify that. Yes. Um I think that Ujbal Nilmani, which is uh, largely uh, paraphrased or restated and in the section of Jaiva Dharma you're talking about, those later chapters, Ujjwal um, Nilmani is a book about Madhurya Rasa, um, penned by Rupa Goswami as a sequel to his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and in that book, um, he mentions uh, the Parama, Parama Prishtisakis, the, the Priyasakis, the uh, Nityasakis, and pran sakis, and maybe just sakis. Um, and so there's a hierarchy there. So when he says that, and yes, you're right, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, what's, what's emphasized, uh, Rupa Goswami says there are two types of Madhurya Bhava principally. Hmm? One is Samboga, one is Tadbhava. Hmm? Um, Samboga or Kantabhava is sometimes called means that the gopi is a lover of Krishna. And she will have attendants of her own and friends and so forth, assistants, like Radha. Okay, the principal, principal gopi. Um, and then there are, in this case, she's the example of Kantabhav. And then there are those who place themselves underneath her and serve her. And they have a form, one or another uh, type, of tadbhav. Sambhog means union. Kantabhav, sambhog, means that the gopi has direct romantic relationship with Krishna. Tadbhav means that the gopis prefer to assist the bhav of, of the, of the, of the kanta, of lover, of radha. And so these five uh, or four, whatever is mentioned, the, 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 these uh, Parama Prishtashakis, like Lalita and Vishaka, they could be group leaders in Kantabhav, but, but they subjugate themselves to Radha, 
and they have equal love for Radha and Krishna. So in hierarchy, within the structure of the Leela, they are higher. So, and for example, they are served by Priyasakis. They have Priyasakis. Now these Parma Priyasakis, these Priyasakis, they might have a direct relationship in Sambhog with Krishna on occasion. If Krishna so desires, and Radharani says, go to him now, you know, then then they'll go. It's not, it's not their first foot forward. Their first foot forward is to, is to promote and assist Radha's union with Krishna. But sometimes they have direct union with Krishna. And they love Krishna and Radha, as you mentioned, as Bhaktivinoda mentioned, equally. Now you're going down the ladder within the hierarchy of the, of the, the structure of the Leela mm-hmm. to, to those who are uh, um, the Nityasakis and Pransakis. These are sometimes referred to as Manjaris, right? So they're younger mm-hmm. and they're love for Radha and Krishna is such that they, that it that it it's a little more for Radha than it is for Krishna. And with regard to Sambhog, which is the desire of Radha to have union with Krishna, um, they don't have that desire. They 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 are they're they militate against that. Sometimes even Radha says, oh, he's very nice. You should have a relationship. And they no, 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 no. And then Krishna is very pleased to see their fidelity to Radha only, you know, and so forth. So they have, a, they have common, they have romantic. Krishna is the perfect romantic hero, you know, for them. But the math of it all is they see that, that, that Radha is more capable of fulfilling his desires than we are to let us serve her. And that way that'll please him. So this is called the Manjari Bhav, right? And we say that is the highest ideal. Rupa Goswami says of the two, Samboga and Tadbhava, the latter is favorable. The latter is favorable. So now your question is, well, I thought, you know, if they, they're favorable, they're the highest. Why, why are the Parmaprashtasakis being called? Because highest, because they're highest in terms of the hierarchy, hmm, the social structure. In that sense, they're higher. And the Manjaris are serving them. Hmm. But from another perspective, hmm, they, they come closer to, to, um, to, to Radha, hmm, if you will. Her, 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 her maidservants than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And the dearer, more dear you become to Radha, uh, then the more dear you are to Krishna, is the idea. You follow? Yes, thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. That was very helpful. Okay. 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 Anything else? Did you want to add something, Guru Maharaj, or should I? No, next question. Okay. This is from Jaidev Prabhu. It's a little longer question. He says, we often hear of Daiva Netrena, that no living entity is independent and is ultimately controlled by their karma and the three modes of material nature. We also hear Shua Prabhupada often say in lectures and purports that one should not bother or labor hard for happiness, nor in trying to avoid suffering nor trying to avoid suffering because both of these things just come and go based on our destiny and karma. So it seems in one sense, we're just passive observers helplessly watching our karma play out in this material stage. So as an aspiring devotee, I may struggle hard against my lower nature for sense enjoyment, but my karma keeps bringing it to me sometimes even without my effort. So I guess this question is twofold. One, Am I truly independent to stop my karma and sense enjoyment? Or am I locked up in my karma and just have to tolerate the reactions, both good and bad? And then two, if destiny is king and I am already destined to enjoy and suffer in various ways before I'm even born, 
then how does one have any hope of changing their consciousness? How can one just, quote unquote, flip a switch and all of a sudden think, act, feel and perceive the world in a transcendental way or from the platform of eternal real self? Much like in the way that Jagai and Madhai did. Thank you. Well, I think that you have to understand um, that all the talk of destiny um, uh, tied to you know, karma and so forth, the, the, something that's often missed and it's just like, it's like the nose on your face, is that um, karma makes absolutely no sense if the individual jiva doesn't have a will and a role to play. Because it's what you, the karma is a reaction from what you do willfully. Now it's true that you may willfully do something in such a way that it, that it, that it, that it creates a very strong samskar and vasana that becomes like a psychological disposition that, that then, that then, um, is powerful enough to weigh on your will so that you you know you you can't express your will in a contrary way to it and now you're 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 driven less by your will and more by by the the reaction of things that you've done in the past but uh but as much regardless as much as we may be a, a conditioned materially conditioned Jivatma may be moving almost without exercise of the will, just on the strength, the power, and the momentum of previous karma. Still, you cannot get away from the fact that the karma can, is only accrued by actions that, that one performs. And... Um, this is a very strong point in Gobinda Basha of Baladev Vijibhushan. Um, it's a strong point for a number of reasons because it's true for one number and, and two because well, you're, you're not going to find that in the uh, in the way to Vedanta. You're not going to find that in in uh, Patanjali's uh, uh, system of yoga that the jiva has will. It's just a witness, and it's just an illusion, you know, in the way to Vedanta. But in Gaudi Vaishnavism, Gaudi Vedanta. In all schools of Vedanta, the jiva has 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 will. Baladev gives the example of um, kind of a will within determinist. You know, what, what would you call it? Um, I forget the technical terms, but determinist perspective. Well, it's already determined. You know, God's will is everything. It's already happened. So, what do you have to do? Uh, he says, well, you know, like you go out, you want to have, um, you want to grow wheat. Well, you, the farmer goes out and plants the seeds. It's required that he plants the seeds, but it won't grow if, if, if the dive in the train doesn't give rain. So we're dependent on an overarching will. That's true. But we are a unit of will nonetheless. So we have will, willpower. Mm-hmm. It's not the hammer that builds the, does the carpentry. It's the hand that hold, holds it and moves it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take the Gita statement, Prakriti Kriyamani Gunai Kamani Sarvasa, Ahankara Bhimunat Makarta Hamati Manate. He says, the jiva is, is um, thinks that it's doing things that are actually just the motions of material nature. Mm-hmm. But the next verse, Describes a situation wherein the jiva understands what's going on. Forget that next verse, but you might want to read it. And and, and that that's for the condition materially completely materially conditioned jiva. But if one understands this, the the idea is to come out from that and do something about it, right? Even materially speaking. Uh, that will shows up. You may have a some scar for such that you become an alcoholic. It doesn't mean that you can't come out from that, and exercise your will, and change your your destiny. Central again to karma is the will of the jiva. Hmm? 
the more things are done unwillingly or unknowingly, well, the less reaction they're going to have. That's another thing. If a Brahmin who knows better commits a particular uh, sin, he's going to get a different reaction than, a, than, a, than one who's not educated and doesn't know better. So when you're, you're a person who has something to do with it all, if everything to do with it all. Um, um, now, the more we become covered by material nature, the more our will becomes covered. So we don't find, you know, a tree is a living being, but the Atma is so covered there, that, you know, its capacity to express will, you know, is, is limited as best compared to human society. We see that humans can change, um, even have strong vasanas, uh, collection of some scars, that psychological propensities and so forth that cause them to be a certain way. We can see that they can, that they can, they can change it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the will of the jiva is there. And if it wills um, to, to take advantage of divine intervention, in the form of sadhusanga, then it has a new factor because that jiva that is un, unfettered, uncovered by material nature, its will is fully operative. Therefore, the liberated jiva is called satyasankalpa. Whatever the gopis want, whatever the gopas want, in the context of rasa, it happens. They may want union with Krishna. It doesn't happen. Well, I guess their will is not happening, but you have to understand the dynamic of, of rasa and how that works. So, so there will be apparent, you know, separation and union or failure and uh, to, for something to happen. And, uh, that's all part of the whole lila, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the qualities of the liberated soul is, is satyasankopa because that jiva's will, excuse me, becomes one with Krishna's will, which is dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it, what, he, whatever he wants, they're an instrument through which it's being being fulfilled, and then this is in the context of Leela, sometimes I say from the from the obeyed non different point of view, the spiritual body and the liberated jiva is an expansion of Krishna's body and, 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 and through another set of senses um, beyond his own he's he's experiencing further that that's from, so there's a, there's a, there's a oneness there so so whatever he wants, whatever the jiva wants, will be fulfilled. Satyasankalpa. Hmm. Um, so if you have this divine intervention coming from this side, where then then the, the more that influence of bhakti comes into your life, the more you be, the beginning stages. It's we determine it by the more you becoming uncovered. From the modes of material nature, the more you're becoming um, capable of, with the strength and help from that side of willing, hmm, um, in a way that is contrary to uh, to the reaction in the form of karma to what you have willed in the past. That's you know determining your your, your present. So the past is in the present. The future is in the present. And if you, ha- you have your own will is what I'm saying. And if you have the divine will in your life as well, in the form of sadhusanga and a course of actions that you can, with your will, so bhakti is two things, right? In terms of practice, it's, it's, it has mercy and effort. Mercy and effort. So mercy is there. The opportunity come, comes, the explanation, the example is there, showing you how to do it. Hmm? And, and then you, you exercise your will. Now, you're, here your will has the capacity to function hmm, better than at, you know, um, with regard to an ultimate solution to the problem, better than, you know, the uh, um, 10 steps or whatever it is, 12 steps or something an alcoholic may go to. I gave that example earlier. His own will, with the help of others, is trying to come out from underneath this this destiny that's been created by how he exercised his will in the past. But here you have a situation now, this is better than the 12 steps. Of course, it may not be better than the 12 steps in terms of getting 
thing over a particular karmic problem that you want to just focus on that particular problem, but in terms of a comprehensive solution to the dilemma of our karmic plight, then with this bhakti ingress into our life, we have great, even greater potential to bring out our own will and to exercise our will in such a way as to embrace the teachings wholeheartedly and retire the whole karmic uh, destiny. So now your question was kind of complicated and long. I don't know if I fully addressed it, but um, I don't know if you're, and if you're on personally, then you can certainly come back and, and ask for further clarification or uh, mention something that I might have forgotten in your, in your question, but I think this is the heart of it. Um, you're asking about, you know, everything is controlled. Where, where do I have a position? Well, you do have, you have, you have will. And the more that you become uncovered from matter, the more that will starts to become operative in your in your life. And um, you know, that said, indeed, from from another like scientific kind of point of view, there's a there's a perspective um, that some embrace, wherein the the, the will. Hmm, or consciousness is a is a is a is a factor in, in what happens. Right? Some people can't in the scientific community don't see that at all, but others do. They look at the quantum, you know, subatomic realm, and they look at the, the quantum field as a field of potentialities, and then how you so. So there's a possibility to go into meditation, and as you become free from the Maya Shakti, you can create your own your own destiny. The will of the jivas, actually. So anyway, there's 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 much room for your own will and much room for your own effort. And if you apply your effort in relation to the grace in the form of the teachings, the, the the personification of the teachings. Which makes them easier, easier to follow, and 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 dynamic in application compared to the text itself. Um, apply yourself to that, and and you, you have not only your own will, but the supreme will on your side. And you should be successful. Thank you. Let's see. Next question is from Uttava. Hare Krishna. Hare. Uh, my question has been... Uh, <laughs> there you go. Can you hear me now? Yes. My question has been partially answered already in the lecture. Uh, I wanted to ask, you know, that since nowadays, you know, there is a focus, you know, on being like inclusive, progressive, ad- dynamic, adapt- adapting, everything, you know, uh, I would like to ask how to be orthodox, like in the, you know, in the current society in a nice way, you know, uh, that focus, you know, of being orthodox, uh, staying true to the well, I think that um, um, I could tell you this: that when I was young and I was uh, uh, in Iskon, all of us followers of Prabhupada's disciples, um, even a short step on the part of one of us outside of what was understood as the orthodox practice of the time was uh, stood out like a sore thumb, like he's in Maya. Right? Um, but the now the ingress of the world and the influence, um, it seems so much stronger on the devotees, especially with the help of the internet. They, they, uh, um, um, the, um, Competition of ideas and perspectives and so forth is is much uh, much greater 
And um, I do see that the community, international community, which is spawned by my Guru Maharaj, is uh, very much distracted from uh, the path. Now, I joined Gaudi Vaishnavism with the with the exclusive purpose in mind of becoming enlightened. Not for any material solution, not for having a group or having a community. Um, that, that was a, not of any concern to me. I was leaving communities that all fell, fell short, in my opinion, a whole counterculture. Of course, Krishna consciousness, in one sense, was part of the counterculture, but it was counter to the counterculture in many respects. Um, and um, so I think that um, you have to keep that in mind, that what this is about is enlightenment, and it's for you to become enlightened. I mean, I'm just using the word enlightened, to develop brain, whatever, you know, you can define it in different ways, but to come out of the illusion of material existence. That's what it's about. Now, that's a very noble and a high thing, but it's not going to be popular. There may be popular forms of it and so forth. Use the same words and language and even do some of the same things, but it's not the focus. The popular focus is not going to be, I want to become enlightened. I want to become, I'm in an illusion. I'm an atma. I don't know it experientially. And that Atma is part and parcel of Krishna, and Krishna is all lovable. And that, these are all the theory, but I don't know it experientially. But I'm happy that I've got that theoretical understanding, and I've got the means within the context of that theoretical understanding to apply myself to attain that. That's what I want to do. That's what my life's about. It should revolve around that. Uh, it's possible. To, it sounds like a monk's life, but bhakti is very powerful. So it's possible to do that as a householder as well. But it's not going to be the way that you do that. It's not going to make you the most popular person in the world. Hmm. You may become popular after you're dead because of things that you said that people will like, and then they'll misinterpret <laughs> to a large extent and so forth. Um, but in a land where falsity is the norm, truth is not going to be very popular. And this is, you know, we're talking on a, on a high, even on a lower level, truth is not very popular in Kali Yuga. Um, even on a material level. Nowadays, people are very fond of material knowledge to improve their material situation. According to the Bhagavatam, this is knowledge in the mode of ignorance. Hmm? Knowledge about the Atma, that's in the mode of goodness. Knowledge that involves debating different issues, well, that, that's in the mode of passion. Knowledge about Krishna, Krishna's, that's, that's transcendental. Hmm? So a lot of the knowledge that people are very concerned with uh, in order to be more complete people is really knowledge in the mode of ignorance. That's a fact. Hmm? That we may need to become healthier. We may need to become more psychologically balanced and so forth or whatnot. But this is material knowledge. Broadly speaking, it's knowledge in the mode of ignorance. Unto itself, it's not going to get you into Krishna consciousness. That's another kind of knowledge. So as much, now, there's a place for that kind of lower knowledge, but it has to be looked at in light of higher knowledge and my goal and my ideal. And as much as the latter is out of the, gets pushed out of the picture, then we have a, a form of material knowledge that's in the mode of ignorance with all kind of Krishna conscious terminology and maybe even dress and so on and so forth. And it's just really um, um, largely mundane. Hmm? So you want to, you want to, you know, you don't want to be part of that. Hmm? Um, now, you know, it's difficult because you're in the world, you got to work and meet people and so on and so forth. But if, you know, if you have a high ideal and you stick to it and so forth, you'll be a curious person for people. And again, it's not that you can, you're going to ignore material knowledge. Also, you have to have some material knowledge to have a job, you know, to be healthy. Um, and those, those things are there, but you can't let those things get the upper hand and become everything. 
and the, the, the actual underlying essential teachings and goal and ideal becomes lost. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to chant Hare Krishna, but I want Hare Krishna chanting and practice to be such that it's popular, that I can get along with everybody. We have a nice big group and it's even bigger and bigger. And, 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 and Krishna consciousness is kind of like becoming thinner and thinner and thinner in this kind of perspective, right? You don't want that. I don't know if I'm addressing your, your question or not, but I'm, but I, but I'm it's something yes, I yes. think about too. So. I'm trying to. So, um, so I think that, um, you know, you have to focus on, on what it's about, what you, what you came for and so on and so forth. And, you know, you have to do other things because you have a level body car and you may have children. Let's say, for example, they're not interested in Krishna consciousness. They don't even know what it is. They can pretend, you know, because they don't, they're not adult enough. And then, uh, you know, they're going to get largely probably they're going to may get distracted and so on. So you have to deal with that dutifully and so on. Um, but with a detachment, not a detachment that, that, that is without affection for them, real concern for them and so forth, but with attachment of, of the wisdom of, 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 of what's all really taking place on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with them will be terminated in its own course. Mm-hmm. And so. You factor that in, and then and when that's over, you know, it's not an issue for you. Your death won't be an issue for you because you know that it's been factored in. You know what is the temporal, and then you play a perfect role in the temporal life without any attachment to it. It's difficult to do, but this is the idea to be in the world, but not of it. Many devotees are more of the world than they are in it and not of it. They're in it and of it, but they you know, recite some, you know, verse or whatever, some idea and tweak it to make it psychologically popular and so on. Now, that said, there's also something to be said for understanding on a deeper level what Krishna consciousness is. Universally speaking, what are the underlying philosophical concepts, theological concepts, and so forth. And when you do that successfully, then they may become very, perhaps more interesting, more universally something that people can connect with. Hmm? If I say that Krishna is blue and he's God and he plays a flute, it's like, what? You know, that's weird. But if I explain Krishna in another way, you know, that that God is the personification of, of, you know, youthfulness, the beauty of the attractiveness of adolescence hmm? and, and, and so on, uh, and, and people have, may identify with that, um, and you can speak of bhakti in, in um, you know, in, 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 in a universal sense and so forth. That you know that requires some deeper, deeper understanding. Come from deep sadhana and good sadhu sangha, and so on and so forth. And in that you know position, then then I think that you 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 can. Um, really resolve the you know the, the dilemma that you're pr- presenting but anyway i'm just kind of rambling about the topic does that help you've frozen there you're frozen stunned must be a sattvic above right there on the computer for everybody witness look at him <laughs> hope that helps <laughs> much i can i ask a further clarification did you hear oh. everything Udaba, I said? Uh, only the uh, last part I, I miss. Uh, I disconnected only the punchline. We <laughs> you went into a trance there. We were frozen. So we appreciated that. I hope that's helpful. Very helpful. Thank you. Okay. Roger, I had a quick follow-up uh, just asking for clarification. So I was thinking about this thing that you were talking about, how like, there's this mood now that, oh, let's be so psychologically balanced, which is not a bad thing, like you said, in itself. But do you think, that, does it have something to do with the fact that, um, like, people can't follow the, the full thing, right? Like 99.9% of devotees can't follow the full program. And so it requires this level of, like, humility to be like, I'm not eligible for the highest thing. But that's my goal. And instead, they try to water it down to where the level that they are at. And they say, that's the full face of Krishna consciousness. That's the real right way of doing it. 
So like, do you think there's something to that? Or do people like who tr- start watering it down, do they lack humility or why are they watering it down like that? Well, I, I everyone lacks humility to some extent by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's standard of humility. Um, and it's something that we cultivate. I don't know if humility is the best word, but, um, you know, that's a problem, what you're talking about. That happens. And um, and then we become invested in a Kanishtadikari conception of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism as if it's the goal. And so the, you need, you know, Sada Sangha to, you know, to, to shock you and uh, out of that, you know, illusion and prod you to go forward and so on and so forth. So I think without good association, that is more likely to happen. Whereas in a good association, the guru, the sadhu is not there just to pat you on the back, but to challenge you to make, you'll make progress and so forth. So that's um, kind of the, the solution of that. And we need that ongoing, but it does happen. You're right. Um, and that's where it really starts to become a problem. It's not a problem to be a Kanishta Adhikari, but it's a problem to start thinking that the Kanishta Adhikari conception is, 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 is the goal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it. We've gone over the time by a couple of minutes. Uh, maybe there's some questions that didn't get answered, but we have time next Sunday to uh, answer them. So nice to be with all of you. Gautamandi, Haribo. Haribo, Shilaguru Maharaj, Ki Jai. Uh,